We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Wednesday, the 23rd day of November, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Bruce, how are you today? It's good to see you. Yeah, healthy and alive, doing well. Uh, looking forward to all the food tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be uh, it's going to be great for you, I'm sure. Unfortunately, I'm outside of the U.S. and they don't do Thanksgiving here. It's just a regular day. It's kind of strange. I wasn't even thinking about it until the other day. I'm like, is there something going on why people are already saying that they're not going to be around next week? Because Thanksgiving. And then, of course, you got Black Friday after that. Uh, so our schedule for the week will be as follows. Yeah, we won't be here tomorrow. Or, or is it? Yeah, we won't be here tomorrow. But uh, I'll be back on Friday with Marty. So I'll be there on Friday with Marty. Uh, it'll just be he and I because he and I are outside the U.S. and it's just a regular day for us. So that will still be out on uh, on Friday. And then, of course, those subscribed to us on Telegram, you'll get Ned on Saturday with myself for sure. Don't know about Bruce. Uh, don't know if I don't know if you'll be there or not. Uh, but that's uh, event planning permitting. Uh, and then that will obviously that that same podcast will go out on Monday for our regular listeners. So that's going to be our uh, our schedule. So yeah, unfortunately, not here tomorrow. So I, I mean, I, I think everybody's off on on Thursday anyway in the U.S. So yeah, yeah. it's not it, yeah. nobody's going to know More any different. Nobody's going to listen to us on Thanksgiving anyway. I wouldn't ask anybody to do that. But uh, a fact, lot of people, I, I think a lot of people are off today, even uh, the day before yeah. Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of because travel time, you know, the, the, the mm -hmm. higher ups, they always leave. But anyway, we will be back here on Friday, though. So that will um, that will be our last for the week. But anyway. All right. Uh, today, let's uh, let's discuss some things today. Um, Bruce, did you know that we have committed now to the, uh, you know, the, the electric vehicle thing? We've committed to that. Mm -hmm. Not not only is mm -hmm. this not only is this just um, a proposition, we have committed 100 percent to zero emission truck and bus sales by 2040. So we'll have 100% truck and bus sales. So all the trucks and all the buses will be 100% zero emissions in the United States by 2040. Um, I, I'm just curious, when did the American people allow or agree to allow the government to, con to control their businesses, their, you know, I, I don't remember the government having the authority to be able to do this kind of thing to say, hey, we're going all electric. We're going to completely stifle an entire industry uh, and and promote another industry. I don't remember that ever being a thing. Well, you see, Bruce, this is about more than just the U.S. and more than just the American voter. This is about a global transition, you see. So it's we have to think about more than just the U.S. here. This is about 
This is about the world. This is about the, the globe. Of course, China's not going to do any of these things. India, they're not going to do any of these things. Russia, they're not going to do any of these things. But you see, we're going to. Uh, and we're not the only nation that are going to do this. But uh, the U.S. Energy or Secretary, Energy Secretary, whatever she is, the most useless position within the Department of Energy, uh, Jennifer uh, Granholm signed a global memorandum of understanding on the matter on November 17th at a global summit on climate issues. So you see, you see, there's more people that are involved in this. It's described by the Drive to Zero campaign as the world's most ambitious agreement to address climate emissions from transport. The memorandum puts signatories on a path to 100% new zero emission medium and heavy duty vehicle sales by 2040 at the latest. You see, that's at the latest, right? So if we can get there faster, then that's great. With an interim goal of at least 30% in new sales by guess what year? Uh, 2030. How did you know that? Mm, that was just a lucky guess. I mean, I guess you so. Know. I guess so. Garnholm said the following, and I'm quoting, This global partnership will leverage the billions of dollars in clean transportation investments provided by President Biden's agenda to drive technological innovation, lower vehicle cost, and reduce transportation emissions. Now, here are some of the other nations that are involved. Ireland, Ukraine, Croatia, Aruba, Belgium, Dominican Republic, Liechtenstein, and Lithuania. So, first of all, uh, Biden has provided his personal funds, right? He, he's taking personal funding and putting it towards this, along with these other countries, they're putting, the leadership is putting forth personal funds, right? Or when they say that Biden's doing this, uh, really what he's saying is he's usurping taxpayer funds to do this on the taxpayer's behalf. When the taxpayers are not asking for an industry to completely to be destroyed, uh, yeah, that that's that's great wordage on their part uh, that I... <laughs> What was it we said we're going to do now? So on top of this, you're going to do uh, global climate reparations as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I hope everybody likes inflation because... Um, oh, you're going to get it. If they start doing this, this... Yeah, exactly. If they start doing this kind of stuff, inflation is just going to skyrocket. It is. It is. Uh, and there are also some other nations that signed last year. Listen to this group of people. The United States and these other nations that I mentioned will join the following nations in taking this initiative to 100% uh, transition to electric trucks and buses. Austria, Canada, Chile, Denmark, Finland, Luxembourg, Portugal, Netherlands, New Zealand, Norway, Scotland, Switzerland, Turkey, United Kingdom, Uruguay, and Wales. Aren't we facing an energy crisis? I thought we were. How are we going to have electric vehicles and electric uh, logistics operations with no energy? How's that going to work? That's going to be interesting, I have to say. Yeah, your guess is as good as mine, because uh, what, what was it? Uh, well, we, we already have places like Texas that are saying, um, yeah, we may have energy shortages. Um, we've seen in uh, years past, uh, California is already having an energy crisis uh, when there isn't uh, a major load on it on, on their networks. And we're all being told we're going to go to green energy, which is far less efficient than uh, oil or gas, fossil fuels in general. Uh, we, I don't think we can call them officially fossil fuels anymore. Because I was I was True. listening to um, uh, to somebody that was uh, mentioning a study the other day, and they were also referencing uh, some new drilling that took place. And wouldn't you know, they found an oil deposit, a crude oil deposit, thirty two miles down. That's huh. quite the uh, that is quite the distance. That's that is quite, quite the, distance. the distance. Are you telling me that dinosaurs 
are 32 miles down. And are you telling me that they all died in the same place? No, I don't think so. He's 32 miles down. That's 32 miles down. That's pretty far down inside the earth there. That's that's pretty far down. Yeah, let's see here. Uh, what is the what is the width of the crust? We've got up to just the outer layer of the crust is what, 50 kilometers? Five to 50 kilometers so. varying. Yeah, yeah. So that's uh, that's right at the edge of the crust. Wow. That's uh, that's awful deep. That is pretty deep. I mean, we were normally finding them, you know, two, three miles down, something like that. You know, that was that was about that was about normal. Thirty two miles down. They found a crude oil deposit. Yeah, that puts it right at the edge uh, of the crust and the mantle. Uh, that's when you start things start getting pretty warm. At fossil that fuels, fossil fuels. You're going to sit there and tell me fossil fuels. No, not anymore. I don't think so. Now, energy crisis, right? We're in the middle of an energy crisis. Uh, there's a new warning that's been put out. Nearly 25% of Americans are looking at blackouts this winter uh, because of this uh, transition to uh, to green energy. Uh, Bruce, let me ask you a question. You're in an oil town, right? I mean, that's that's the business there. That's that's the bread and butter of the economy is, is uh, oil yep. refining. Yep. You've got yep. oil that comes in from all over the world to be refined there. So let me mm -hmm. ask you a question. How are the good citizens of your neck of the woods around those parts, right, to, to kind of throw a little bit of a Midwestern, mm -hmm. you know, spin on it. Uh, how are the good citizens of your area, how are they going to take to having their lights turned off? Oh, um, they're not going to take well to it at all, especially coming into the winter season. We get ice down here. We don't get a ton of snow usually. Uh, I, I say that. And like, I remember growing up, we had blizzards. So, I mean, it. It, you know, we do get snow, but we get ice too. And uh, not having any heating or uh, electricity in general, um, yeah, they're not going to be they're they're going to be none too happy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would I would venture to say so. Kind kind of like what the poor Texans had to deal with last year during that Arctic blast that hit down there. And no disrespect, and I, I mean no disrespect whatsoever to the people that are in the southern states of America. I love it down there. Some of the best food in the world down there, and some of the most hospitable people. You know how they talk about southern hospitality? That's a real thing. That is a real thing. People will give you the shirts off their backs. That is not a joke. You guys don't have the infrastructure to be able to deal with that kind of weather. You don't have the salt trucks. You don't have the plow trucks. You don't have the uh, the state road to go out and, and clear stuff. You don't have that stuff. It just doesn't exist. So when you guys get that weather, albeit it's very rare, when you get it, everything shuts down when you get like a half an inch of snow. Yeah. Because you guys don't know how to deal yeah. with it. And I'm again, that's not that's not a poke. You know, I'm not I'm not making fun. I'm literally saying that it's not a common thing. So you guys don't have the ability to cope with it. And if you throw blackouts on top of that, that's just going to compound the problem. Uh, yeah. To be fair, we do uh, we do regularly like every winter we do get like one like real good snow or or uh, ice. Uh, but it, to that, it, we don't get it enough to make it feasible to have all that equipment. Uh, we do have like you know, uh, like this county does have some salt trucks and some plows, but that's just it. Some so just to keep the main roads going, the main arteries, the the side streets, the side streets, they rarely get plowed. Uh, and in fact, the side streets uh, basically they, they melt. Uh, that That's basically what happens. Like the, the ice and uh, snow, uh, usually you, you don't get a, a plow or anything through there, or you'll have one of the neighbors will have a big old diesel that has a plow and they'll go through and, and plow so, so people can get through. Or but farmers. As far as the city coming in. Yeah. Farmers. Yeah, or farmers. Yeah. Something. Yeah. 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 Uh, but 
yeah, to your point, though, if that ever if if we ever get enough, uh, you know, we'll say, uh, you know, three to six inches of snow, um, that pretty much shuts everything down. Uh, that's more or less, you know, you're, you're calling into work. Hey, I can't even get out my driveway, you know, uh, that, that that kind of scenario. So a new report from the North American Electric Reliability Corporation. It's a regulatory body that manages grid stability. And they've said that grids from the Great Lakes to Louisiana, which is all the way up where I come from, all the way down to the Gulf of Mexico, over to New England, right? That's all the, you know, above New York, the Carolinas and all of Texas are the most at risk for power supply shortfalls during the high demands period. Um, And you're just north of the Texas border. So I'm assuming that they're going to tie you to the same grid, unless you guys are getting some stuff from Colorado. I'm I'm assuming you might be getting a little bit from there. So we produce, um, we produce enough here that I, uh, I believe we kind of have like contracts with other States. uh, Cause uh, as an example, the, the, company that i get power from it's a because it's a a rule um power it's technically a co-op and they get like bob's power power or something (laughs) well i I won't say the actual name of the company (laughs) no 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 of course not uh, i'm just i'm uh, just joking that's all yeah yeah uh not far off though uh seriously we we get our internet from the same company and you call in and you know how most internet companies are if you call into tech support, you get somebody from India or something yeah, like right. that. You know, hold on a minute, hold on a minute. Uh, you have the, your your internet provider is also your power company. Yeah, it's the same. You one, really yeah. do live out in the sticks, don't you? You, you really we, we do live, live out, out in the sticks. sticks. Yeah, but the, the, here's what's interesting: they updated their power grid to have fiber optics. So everywhere that has this company's power also has fiber. So we have like blazing fast internet, uh, but I called into tech support one time early when we had first had it installed. And yeah, you don't have to, if you can't speak Oki, you'll have just as much difficulty understanding this individual as you would having in, a difficulty with somebody from India, uh, because it is a very Southern Oki accent. Uh, so that was actually rather surprising. I was not expect. I was uh, legitimately, I was expecting something out of like, you know, like Dave Indiana or Calcutta. something or, or yeah. Texas or something, <laughs> you know, I, well, I expected it to be local, but not that local. Uh, so, but anyway, yes, the guy just down the yeah. street. It's, it's, he's just down the street. From, <laughs> he's uh, in an I, office almost, down there. Yeah, yeah, it did. It did seem like that, but all that to say, uh, it, it's a co-op and we've never had these kind of problems before. Um, so I would assume that uh, we're, we're generating enough for ourselves and others because we don't, though the company does like have incentives for solar uh, and, and those kind of things, you know, for an individual household, they're not pushing wind and solar on everything else. They still have coal uh, power plants. They still have natural gas power plants. So um, I, I, I think at least in my area, we'll be fine uh, at least. Uh, and and like I said, it's a co-op, so we sell the excess power to uh, others. Yeah, at least until these uh, these freaks in the administration get a hold of the uh, the plants and actually muscle them out and bankrupt them. Um, and you know, then you maybe you guys can get something from Terra Power from from Bill Gates. Maybe I don't know, might help you. You know, he he cares so much mm-hmm. about the the environment yeah, and the people. I, I'd be more inclined to make my own 
and try to get investments from locals I'd, around here. And exactly, I'd, I'd rather I'd rather do that. Uh, according yeah. to the director of this uh, uh, North American Electric Reliability Corporation, he says the trend is we see more areas at risk. We see more retirements of critical generation, fuel challenges, and we're doing everything we can. These challenges don't kind of appear out of nowhere. Oh wait, was that a was that a soft them? Uh, shifting blame off of themselves is that I was think so the, yeah I think so that's that's what it sounds like though not wrong it's also a matter of like you should be planning for something like this you know we we, we had systems in place to prepare for thing you know outages or or shortages or those kind of things we had plans in place it seems like recent administrations have been trying to destroy those plans how dare you? How dare you? They're trying to save the world, Bruce. That's what they're trying to do. And you know who else is trying to save the world? Goldman Sachs. I know that might shock you. They're, they're trying to save the world, too. They have announced today that, you know, there's going to be some hard times ahead for the stock market. That's what they've said. Goldman Sachs, they, they've said that there's going to be hard times ahead for the stock market. Can you believe that? Hard times? Uh, what, what exactly do you people consider hard times? I mean, do you understand that people are going to lose pretty much everything if this Ponzi scheme finally pops? Like, we're trying to figure out how this is continuing on as it is now. I, I got Wall Street people that are saying, we don't understand what the hell's going on. None of this is even possible. You've got big tech companies that are laying off tens of thousands of people with more to come. You've got the largest crypto firm or one of the largest crypto firms that have gone bust, which that whole thing looks like it was a setup from the start anyway. And then you've got BlockFi. It's on the chopping block if it hasn't been already. And they're talking about more. So what exactly does a hard time look like? Is that you losing everything? Like what's happened to the, uh, the people in the great state of Missouri? We'll talk about that in a minute. Goldman Sachs, one of their strategists, Peter Oppenheimer. Wouldn't you know they give a guy named Oppenheimer... Put the, putting him out there with the bad news that the market's going to tank. What is that, is that just like, do they do that on purpose or, or what? You know, Oppenheimer, for those that don't know, that's the guy that invented the nuclear bomb. He's warned investors saying that the bear market is not over in our view, says the conditions that are typically consistent with an equity through have not yet been reached. We would expect lower valuations consistent with recessionary outcomes. <laughs> recessionary outcomes. Where do they come up with this stuff? A trough in the moment of growth deterioration and a peak in the interest rates before a sustained recovery begins. You see, they're already predicting a recovery. <laughs> Wait a minute. I, I thought we weren't even in a recession. I, I thought we're not even looking at a depression and all of a sudden we're talking about recoveries. Well, he did just say, though, that there's going to be recession, possible depression before we see a recovery. Yes, I mean, but that, that's actually, what the, yeah, he's, he's doing it in his own little financial pipsqueak language. Yeah. But yeah. they're not actually saying it, are they? No. Mm. All indicators not at the moment. The no, all indicators at the moment show that we are already at the beginning of a depression, as in at the beginning. When you've got the biggest firms in the Fortune, the Fortune 30, the, as in like the blue chips, when you've got the biggest firms there that have lost a trillion in the last 12 months, Facebook has lost a trillion in the last 12 months. Amazon has lost a trillion in the last 12 months. Bezos is firing. What? How many are they firing? Was it like 11,000, 12,000, something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Right before Christmas. Yeah. And Meta is doing the same. Yeah. Facebook. Tesla yeah, they're, they're supposedly. Doing the same. Tesla. Yeah. Tesla's. Well, Tesla's switching. Uh, uh, Twitter. You know, the, most of those people are, are self-firing or whatever. You know, they're they're taking off on their own. 
with three months severance. I think that's being generous. But we're, we're not even talking about the repercussions of this. And then we're looking at inflation on top of that. They don't even want to admit that inflation even exists. And if it does exist, it's your fault. It's incredible how they do this. Oh, but don't worry. They're going to give you a digital currency to fix that, right? Sure. Oppenheimer added, We continue to think that the near-term path for equity markets is likely to be volatile and down before reaching the final trough in 2023. So you're saying it's going to, like, the bottom's going to fall out of everything. That's what you're saying. Yeah, the the final trough. He's saying this is... We're going to continue into this recession into 2023, which, by the way, my opinion in this, we're going to see pretty massive, um, well, as he said, troughs. Troughs. Uh, and, yes, troughs. Uh, for, I love that. For a second quarter of next year. I, yeah. I think next year is going to look really rough in the beginning. You know, Jamie Dimon, the CEO of JP Morgan, was out uh, almost a month ago now saying, um, this is serious on CNBC. And they don't even ask a follow-up question to it. They just said, oh, well, okay, so uh, how do you see things going? He's like, look, I just told you it's serious. The CEO of Allianz Bank in Germany was asked on a podcast that didn't make any papers or headlines anywhere, was asked, we played the audio here. The woman says, "Um, what's going on? He says, well, I'll tell you what's going on. The party's over and we're just supposed to continue on like nothing's a problem. Credit Suisse has lost almost 60% in value in the last six to nine months. And we're not supposed to pay any attention to that either? No, none of that's happening. No, that's not happening. No, the markets are up. Yeah. Yeah, it was a rally, didn't you see? Yes. Markets are okay. They're, yes. they're fine. Great. Yeah, great rally. Yeah, great rally. The state of Missouri. You heard me mention the state of Missouri? The state of Missouri. They kind of did something uh, a couple of years ago. They kind of they kind of moved all of the state pension system under FTX. Oh, were you not supposed to do that? Was that a bad investment? I don't think the people of the state of Missouri are going to like that too well. Do they even know? Well, they know now. They know now. The Missouri State Employees Retirement System is estimated to have lost $1 million in its investment in FTX, which is not a whole lot, I guess. Not a whole lot, but I I don't know how many people are involved in that. Yeah, yeah. This is the okay. So this is what they do, right? So this particular state retirement uh, system does the following: they administer disability benefits, insurance, and retirement for nearly all of the state employees in the state of Missouri. This includes higher education staff, that would be uh, college professors, judges, and statewide elected officials. So all of their pensions have most of that that money's now gone. Well, don't worry. I guess they'll just appeal to the federal government and get it back, right? I mean, hell, what's a million, right? Of course, if they're reporting a million, maybe it's a lot more than that. I mean, it, w- what is a million when we're talking about uh, reparations for trillions? I, what, what's a million dollars uh, at that point? I mean, you're talking, you know, uh, pocket change at this point, which I guess now that I think about it, uh, do Zoomers know the, the, the reference there of pocket change? Sorry, I'm being facetious. It's, yeah, it's interesting. You know, they're actually that, that generation I read today. I read a study today. They're they're having a post pandemic depression. So you know, they they've got problems. They've got, they've got real problems. They're they're having depressionary issues, and they don't know what they're going to do. Um, I mean, uh, there's a lot of people that are out of a job and out of livelihood. Like, um, I, I I I guess I'm I guess I'm a little um out of touch with that. I guess because. I'm, I don't know. I'm more of the suck it up uh, and get over it, move on, you know. How dare you? How dare you do that, right? These are these are struggling individuals. How can you be so cold hearted? I mean, 
I get it. But like at the same time, you got to do what you got to do, you know? That is indeed true. Yeah, that's true. Do you want to move over to the uh, the White House press briefing today? Yeah, which one? Uh, well, the one of the, the sainted uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci. Unfortunately, we're not uh, going to see much yes. of him anymore. Yeah, it's it, it's really sad. Yeah. You know, we're not, we're not going to see much He's retiring this year. Yeah, he is retiring this year. Yeah, it's it's a shame. Uh, he did have a, a, a bit of a parting message to everybody. Take a listen. So my message and my final message, maybe the final message I give you from this podium, <laughs> is that please, for your own safety, for that of your family, get your updated COVID-19 shot as soon as you're eligible to protect yourself, your family, and your community. Get your updated COVID-19 vaccine shot to protect yourself, your family, and your community. Bruce, you've got a family coming around for uh, for Thanksgiving. Are you going to follow the uh, the good doctor's advice here? Uh, no, uh, we will not be following the advice. And in fact, I would... Uh very much like to see these individuals that continue to push the jabs. I would like to see fair trials and then when they're found guilty to be executed. Um, because at this point, those that are still pushing the jab for COVID-19, um, this is this is no longer, uh, you know, uh, malpractice at this point. This is complete evil at this point. This is like genocide um, at this point. The the number of people we're seeing uh, killed or maimed from these vaccines, these vaccines would have been removed from the shelves a hundred times over. And at the same time, we have research. God, there's a John Hopkins uh, research that just came out. They took uh, uh, VA patients and they were looking at the number of patients that were uh, be, uh, given uh, vitamin D, uh, D2 and D3. And of these patients, there were, uh, let's see, for the D3, they had 220,000, uh, a little more than that, but you know. Uh, and D2, they had over 34,000 and they had another 407,000 that were untreated patients. OK, so uh, and this is this is in hindsight. This is the data they took during COVID and they were just uh, evaluating this data uh, afterward. Now, they found that the people that were given uh, the veterans that were given D2 uh, lowered the chances of testing positive for COVID-19 by 28 percent. And for D3, it was by 20 percent. Uh, this is just positive cases. Now, it, and when you look at the data for D2 uh, and D3 supplements, it reduced the fatality rate by 33 percent. That's just with vitamin D alone. That's not also including other uh, pharmaceuticals or supplements that uh, could have helped in this. You know, you, you get your vitamin C and so forth. Uh, and well, and you had the CDC out saying, oh, our, our recommendation for COVID-19, uh, COVID you know, when it involved hydroxychloroquine and ivermectin, that was just a recommendation. That was not a regulatory, uh, any, any, any of those kind of things. So they're, they're trying to wash their hands of that. All the data showing that these would have been practical solutions to reduce the number of deaths. Uh, in this case, uh, for the what six hundred plus seven hundred thousand that were test, you know, in, in the study, it reduced fatalities by thirty three percent. What if that was done not just here in the U.S. but globally? If we would have done what we already knew with sicknesses and diseases, so. Just with this data point alone, my opinion is Fauci, Burks, and the, the CEOs and all of that, 
all the people that were pushing this, uh, that you should just get vaccinated and take remdesivir if you get sick. Don't don't do any other supplements. Those don't work. Don't do ivermectin. Those don't work. That's that's horse paste. They should be tried and they should be hung when found guilty. This is I, I, I don't even have the proper words for this kind of atrocity that they just they just committed across the entire planet. And we don't even know the long term ramifications of COVID-19. So I uh, and um, unfortunately, I'm I think these guys are going to just walk uh, unless we make some gains. It is. Without a doubt, at this point, the worst crime in recorded human history. That's what it is. And it's not anything less than that, in my humble opinion. Looking at the various mass murderers that have come into existence over the, uh, the hell, even the last century, right? You got Hitler, Stalin, Mao, uh, which, by the way, uh, Hitler was a schoolboy compared to the, the, those other guys. Boy, I mean, you talk about how you want to compare deaths by the millions. Goodness, there's no comparison. But we never hear about those. Pol Pot in Cambodia, the Mountain of Skulls by the Khmer Rouge. And then what are the counts on this? You know, we were talking privately yesterday and we were talking about different totalitarian regimes and how they do business, as in how they get rid of people. This one is unlike anything that I've ever seen here in the West, because here they're not outright doing it, as in they're not hauling you off to a uh, to a concentration camp and killing you. They don't have to do that anymore. Now they just get you to do it to yourself. It's incredible to me how this has been flipped around like this and what social media has done in playing their part in all of this. It's fascinating and it's horrifying at the same time. It's like it's it's almost like living in a nightmare, because if you know history, you can see what's happening right in front of you. Anybody that knows anything, even the most basic aspects of a totalitarian movement, be it right or left, I'm not discriminatory. I hate all tyrants equally. Believe me, this this is a kind of evil that I've never even I've never even read about before. And to be called disinformation, to be called misinformation, to be called a, a radical, to, to say that the, the science is settled and you're insane if you don't believe it right there. Just that in and of itself, just that one thing to say, well, you have to be gotten rid of because you don't agree with this agenda. That right there is the first mark of authoritarianism in any form. That right there. To be called that, even today, today, right after Fauci, this uh, White House uh, COVID, whatever the hell this, this useless individual is, to be called this. Listen to this. These are the kind of people that, that existed in the Soviet Union and said, okay, there's something wrong with you if you don't agree with what the party says. There's something wrong with you. You need to be taken into a psychiatric institution. You need to be medicated. There's something wrong with you. Listen to this. Because that that right there, that is who this individual is while saying it's you. That's what's funny about this whole thing. It's insane. These people are criminally insane. I have dealt with the most god awful criminal element on this planet. And I can tell you with absolute 150 percent certainty, these people are criminally insane. That America's physicians, like the real leaders of American medicine, the people you trust for your cancer care and your heart care and your pediatrics care, are out there telling you you need to go get a vaccine. You can decide to trust America's physicians or you can trust some random dude on Twitter. Like those are your choices. But I think the key here is to get trusted voices out there spreading truth, spreading science-based information. And for journalists and for people who run platforms, what I would say is you should be thinking about what your personal responsibility is. And do you want to be a source of misinformation and disinformation? That's up to, uh, up to those individuals. But I really think it's really important uh, for us, for me, to be spreading good information. 
Are they spreading good information? Have they been spreading good information through this entire, quote, crisis that they've manufactured? The only crisis here is these people. They're the crisis. What they have done is the crisis. This, this is what we've come down to. How the hell did we get from 14 days to this? Have you asked yourself that question? Have any of the people that have taken jabs and and maybe they've woken up to the whole thing, have they asked that question to themselves maybe? How did we get from 14 days to this? How did we get from 14 days to you're not going to have any water and electricity? How did we get from 14 days to there's no food, sorry, you got to eat bugs? You see, it's always that one thing. Every time in history, it's just this one thing. We've got to do this one thing because it's going to help us in the long run. We have to do this one thing, and you need to help us with that. The last generation, right when my generation hit adulthood, it was 9-11. That's how they got you then. We need to change this one thing, and we need your help as the American public in order to do it. That's what they told us. That's exactly what they told us. In my opinion, and Bruce, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but or if you think that I'm that I'm wrong here. In my opinion, I was really thinking about this all day, yesterday, last night, and, and some into this morning. America died on that day, 2001, September 11th, 2001. That's the day that the country I knew died. Nothing, nothing grew after that. Yes, we were deindustrializing. We were on the path at that point, right? You can put the Bushes and the Clintons in there, that whole dynasty. But as far as culturally, I'm not talking about manufacturing economics, anything like that, just culturally, culturally, the country was stagnant and it was dead. There was no progression in the culture, in the people, in people's attitudes, nothing. And it's gotten progressively worse. Now we've got two, three generations in there. And and you you train people coming through the system that you've now hijacked and steered off in a direction where it was never meant to go. You've now put two or three generations in there of people that I talked about last week that are unemployable. They're unskilled. They can't do anything. They're completely useless. What can we offer that group of people? Bruce and I were talking about this in prep just before. What do we do with people that will not coexist with you? The same people that have gone through the institutions that are the unemployable types, they are the crazy COVIDians. They're the crazy masked Nazis. They're the ones like this, this fool that was up there at the White House today. And I'm not talking about Fauci. I'm talking about this other guy. What do you do with that? So everything that you said, according to this guy, Bruce, everything you said in your presentation there, everything was misinformation and disinformation. You're the crazy one. Yeah. And what's funny is all that data is their institution. John Hopkins, John Hopkins was the uh, go-to for their the mapping and everything and the, the data for infection rates and all of that. That was the go-to that everybody went to. Uh, during COVID. And then you have people like the governor of the state of New York. This is another cog in this wheel. Not only do you have the people that are completely incompatible, like I, I, I hate to even I hate to even say that, but but that's where we are. I mean, if somebody disagrees with that, if a listener, if you disagree with that, please send me an email on it and let me know your reasoning. I, I would love to hear it if you disagree with this. But these people, these radical unhinged lunatics that are calling us radical, unhinged lunatics. They're incompatible with Western civilization. They're incompatible with it. They don't share any of the values, as in traditionally. All this stuff is out the window. The patriarchy, meaning the family, that's gone. Our economic system, that's not good enough. Our financial system, that's not good enough. As in traditionally, I'm not talking about what they've turned it into. Our religious institutions, that's certainly gone. Any of our social structures, any of our business practices, they don't agree with any of it. But yet, 
if you point this out, that they're the ones that are destroying it. You're the hateful one. You're the racist. You're the, the right wing extremist. I, I love this right wing extremist. You're the, the white supremacist. If you point this out, you've got people on MSNBC. That is the most hard left network that we've got in the country, in the U.S., on television anyway. You've got hosts on that network calling Hochul out to her face saying, I don't feel safe in this city anymore. What in the hell are you doing? Is that woman, is that host on MSNBC, is she now a right-wing extremist per the uh, the political agenda? Listen to Hochul, Governor Hochul, which I'm not even sure that she was elected governor. Hell, if you take out New York City, New York's red. Do you think the good people of New York, I mean, and th- those are great people up there, right? The New Yorkers I've met, amazing, very, very nice people. You're going to tell me that the conditions in that city, that she and her predecessor, Cuomo, your friend, Bruce, you're going to tell me that the people of New York City re-elected that after what she continued to do? They hated Cuomo. They got rid of Cuomo because of what he did in New York. And you're telling me that the voters all of a sudden did a 180 and said, oh, no, we're going to support her. She was worse than he was. Anybody that says that the subways aren't safe, which, Bruce, you and I have watched how many security videos, how many security videos have we reviewed of the New York City subway where a cop's getting beat down, somebody's getting thrown off of the platform for no reason and getting hit by a train. People are getting stabbed. People are getting shot. People are getting beat up on the subways in New York. And the subway crime metrics, according to the MTA, are up almost 300% this year alone. Crime on the Upper West Side is up nearly the same amount. People are getting robbed at gunpoint outside their multi-million dollar townhouses. But that's okay because they just don't classify that as crime anymore. So crime's down. Yeah, I was going to say the MTA reporting what they're reporting. Well, that's the problem is they're reporting it. Oh, the Metro Transit Authority actually reporting crime. That's the problem. Yeah, that's the problem. Yeah, clearly, because, you know, you just don't report it and then no more crime. You're good. I, I don't even know what to like. How, how do you how do you spend your adult life in, in the American justice system? And then you just you turn your like, how, how do you turn your back on this? How do you do that? That's not something that I can do, not consciously anyway. These people might, but I can't. I can't blame the people of the MTA. You know, I've worked with people of the MTA. I can't blame the people of the NYPD. Why? Because their higher-ups are saying, if you don't do this, you're going to get fired. But then you got to listen to Hochul, the governor, say this. White supremacists, right-wing extremists, and domestic terrorists trying to stoke fear in the hearts of New Yorkers. They want us to think twice about our safety before we worship, before we get on a subway before we go dancing with our friends. But we know here in New York, it is this very diversity that has made us vulnerable to these attacks. But this is what has made us the most fascinating place on this planet. It's what separates us from the rest. It's more than something that just we celebrate, it defines us. And yet these recent frightening attacks compromise that very sense of security that every single New Yorker is entitled to as a birthright. Bruce, how many times Again, watching these videos. Now, mind you, when we're reviewing these videos that are put out by the NYPD, these are videos that they put out to the public, and they're asking for the public help in order to find the perpetrators of these crimes. When we watch these, how many times do you see Orthodox Jews being beaten down mercifully in the streets? How many times have we seen that? I've lost count of how many times those poor people have been beaten down in the streets. For no reason whatsoever, just for being Jewish and walking down the streets. And she has the audacity 
to stand up there and say that white supremacists and right wing extremists. Mm. Yeah. Well, clearly only white supremacists, uh, clearly only they attack Jews, you see. It's not any other community. Uh-huh. Same with the the Asian population the getting attacked. That um, was where I was going to go it's next. Only they're usually the ones getting that do that. Yeah, they're usually the ones getting beat down on the subway or robbed at knife point or gunpoint in the doorway of their own houses. Yeah, but that's white supremacists. You see, that's um. By the way, if you take the time and look at the demographics of uh, the, the individuals that commit those crimes. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of a stretch to say white supremacist. Yeah, you you can't do that. But you see, they're just running with the agenda anyway, regardless of what the facts are. Any investigator in the world, no matter where you come from, no matter what country you come from, any criminal investigator in the world that is worth their weight in salt knows that you examine all possible aspects of a crime before you make any kind of determination. And I can tell you, looking at these videos of these assaults, these killings, these beatings, unprovoked, I might add, these robberies, any of this. I don't see these people she's talking about. I don't see that. I don't see the um, the white supremacists. I don't see the, the right-wing extremists. I don't see these, these neo-Nazi domestic terrorist groups that she's talking about. I don't see this. Again, looking at it investigatively, with an investigative mindset, I don't see that. As a matter of fact, do, do you remember the video that we saw just a while back of the, um, I want to say it was either in the Bronx or it was in Queens? Uh, Bruce, you even brought it to my attention, was the uh, the corner store owner that was being robbed at gunpoint yeah. and he stabbed the guy and killed him in mm-hmm. self-defense. Mm-hmm. Yep. I suppose that was another white supremacist attack. Yeah. 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 yeah that was a, that was a white supremacist attack. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But they expect you. They believe you to be stupid. They believe that you won't take the time to look into the, the data and statistics on any of this. And you'll just believe what they're telling you, what they're feeding you. And you'll just, you know. Wolf it down. And uh, yeah, they're lying to you. They're all lying to you. Hell, even the Republican Party, if you consider you're Republican, are lying to you. So no. I think maybe you just you hit it right there. How is it that you can't tell that these people are lying to you? Is it one of those inconvenient things? You just go with it and you just kind of let things run their course and you follow the agenda and you just you don't care. Maybe that's it. I don't know. New York, as if that's not bad enough, right? Let's let's flip coasts here, right? Let's go to the let's go to the West Coast. State of California. You know how much we love the state of California. Yeah. I'm not talking about the people. The people are great. The state government, you guys got problems. Every state has their share of problems. Don't get me wrong. But California is bad. New York is bad. Golden Hills Elementary School will be hosting an after school Satan Club sponsored by the Satanic Temple and Reason Alliance. Bruce, you're the house theologian. I thought we could discuss this. Mm-hmm. According to uh, Lucian Greaves, who is the co-founder and spokesman of the After School Satan Club, the program was created to educate children and to encourage critical thinking. You see, that's what they're trying to do. This is not about teaching Satanism, he says. The Satanic Temple was founded in 2012 and has gained notoriety for its public stunts. Hmm. He went on to tell a local affiliate the following. We keep our religious matters out of the teachings of the after-school Satan clubs. And people often ask us, well, then why include Satanism at all? Being that people are going to be offended by it. Well, the fact of the matter is there's nothing to be offended by. And we don't want people to be unaware of who we are and when we run these programs, as we think that there would be more intense backlash if we were trying to hide it. I mean, that's that's true. If you were hiding it, you probably would get more backlash. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I, I think it would be equal backlash. 
hiding it or uh, exposing it. Um, actually, uh, I'm going to come at this from a slightly different angle and say, uh, actually, I commend them for their honesty and uh, coming out that's, in this and, and doing this. Uh, the, you know, th this is something that I've always been for, if you will. Um, I want people's ideas and their... I, I like the idea of a free marketplace of ideas. I want people to be able to exchange ideas freely, openly. And then if you disagree with the idea or society disagrees with the idea, it's destructive. Society can deal with it. Society can say, yeah, we're not going to have that here. You know, your local community or state or whatever, you can decide that, nah, that, that, that's not for us. So I commend them for coming out and doing this. Uh, but again, I would... Uh, I, as as already stated, why do you have to affiliate Satanism in there? Because here, here's the thing: you're you're uh, promoting critical thinking, just like the left argues uh, against Christians and say you have no critical thinking skills if you're religious. Uh, you using religion as a crutch. Uh, you're you're closed-minded. You're not you know open-minded thinking. You know all those kind of things. You're not being critical. Uh, so why then are you bringing a cult uh, into this, which is again? close-minded, um, you know, not not free-thinking, uh, all that. Why are you bringing that in there and saying it's critical thinking? Well, there's Next a question is, uh, let's hear it. The, the reason they say, which by the way, just to, just to say on a couple of points there, uh, the critical thinking thing that they're, that they're promoting, right? The critical thinking thing and the, the not needing a religious crutch, that is straight out of Karl Marx. I'd just like to throw that in there. Exactly. Literally almost word for word, <laughs> really is. Paul Hicks, a, a critical thinking professor, is one of these good professors you see. Mm. He will be leading the Satan Club. And he said that Christian-based clubs like the Good News Club is one of the reasons why he believes the school needs a Satan Club. He said, and I'm quoting, there's currently a good news club there, which is teaching kids to go and save souls for Jesus at the school. We want to give an alternative point of view. I'm not teaching these kids to be satanic. I'm not teaching these kids that they need to hail Satan or identify as Satanists. What we're doing is we're thinking. We're critically thinking. We're teaching science. There's that. Yeah, science. And we're teaching empathy and benevolence. Hmm. You see, so it's okay, more so, than just critical thinking. You see, they're teaching science and they're teaching empathy and benevolence. Interesting. Um, so the deity of which you worship is neither uh, kind-hearted, they're, they're not empathetic. The entity which you worship wants to annihilate the human race because he's jealous that we were given, uh, we were made in God's image and this is this is something that that kind of baffles me a little bit about Satanism. Satanism worships a deity that they say doesn't even exist. Per, per science, a, yeah, that's that's actually interesting. I never thought of it like that. Yeah, they're they're, they're saying that it, it, basically they worship Satan, but Satan is a construct of Christianity. It, it, it in Judaism, I, I guess as well. I mean, it, 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 he's a deity from that religion. If you say those religions do not exist or are not, then why the hell do you have your deity as Satan, a, a construct of some other religions? It, 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 that one, it, it doesn't engender critical thinking or any of no. those things. No, but by the very nature of what you just described, critical thinking is like it doesn't it doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So the this makes no sense. Again, why are you going? And what age group did you say this was? Elementary? This is elementary school. Yeah. 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 So. So this is K, uh, again, K through two, I think. Why those kids? You got why Marxism, that age group? cultural Marxism under seven. Got to be under seven. They have to be under seven years of age because they don't have the ability to 
process that. They don't have the ability to establish critical thinking for themselves. That's why he's saying, well, we're promoting critical thinking to a bunch of kids that don't know how to critically think. Yeah, it's it's not going to uh, create critical thinking skills. This is basically this is why the the whole transgender thing. This is why uh, uh, gender fluidity. This is why uh, this, this Satanism. This, this is why they're hitting him at this young of an age is exactly what you said. Uh, when you the Bible teaches a concept which Marxism kind of plays off of. You 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 teach a child in the way that they should go, so that when they get older, they become an adult. They won't stray far from it. Um, that that's an Old Testament proverb. That's exactly what cultural Marxism. That's exactly what the Satanist group, uh, gender fluidity, all of this. That's what all of this nonsense is playing off of. Whether they intentionally mean to or not, that's that's a concept that has long existed. Um, you teach a kid and they will, they will stay with that mindset for the rest of their life, more or less. And that's what they're doing. Now, there, there's a benefit to this at the same time. Uh, we, we've kind of talked about it before with the, um, demoralization of a culture and everything. These people that are being turned into useful idiots, they're some of the most dangerous people to this agenda at the same time. Uh, so there's, there's kind of a, uh, silver lining, if you will, to this. They're, they're, they're creating the very people that will destroy them in the future if, uh, they, if, if we continue to fight. It's an interesting take on it. That's actually going to give me a lot to think about because, again, as you were describing, they reject Christianity wholeheartedly, but yet they endorse someone that's a part of it. That's interesting. I, I never really considered it like that. But you know what? I guess that'll give me something to think about over the holiday. So uh, we're going to jump out of here a couple of minutes early. You got anything else? before you uh, take off for a couple of days? Uh, yeah, just uh, for those that are celebrating Thanksgiving, uh, have a good Thanksgiving. Um, enjoy family. Enjoy the food. And remember that this is, uh, as the name suggests, um, count your blessings. And be thankful for everything that we do have. And take note of it, because this is the things that we're fighting for. This is the things we're trying to preserve and keep. Uh, we're... we're Currently in a cultural battle, uh, and it's very important, but also remember family is more important. It's well said, my friend, uh, and I hope that you and yours have a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving. That goes for all of the listeners as well. Thank you all for joining us this uh, day before our day of giving thanks in the United States, and I hope that everyone in the United States has a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving. I will be back here on Friday with Marty, and I hope to see all of you here. Bruce, I will see you first part of next week. Everyone have a fantastic evening and have a very happy and healthy Thanksgiving. 